Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Fellow Show. I'm your host, the Fellow KGB. You can follow me on Twitter at the Fellow KGB. We got some breaking news. Well, today it's uh, it's Thursday. It's 6 p.m. Thursday evening. We just had Le'Veon Bell sign with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, so we're going to get into that a little bit. I think I'm going to talk more about that tomorrow because I'll be covering the Monday night matchups and stuff tomorrow. But huge news. Le'Veon Bell signs with the defending Super Bowl champions. Huge news. But uh, for this show, it's going to be part one of my start sit charts. We're going to be going over all of the noon games. Uh, I think we got nine games this week. I'm going to push Atlanta and Minnesota to tomorrow. There's a little bit of a of a COVID scare there, so we're going to we're going to wait and see one more day if we get negative tests tomorrow. Then we'll kind of continue to talk about that. Uh, but that Atlanta Minnesota game is kind of on the rocks. We'll see what happens tomorrow morning. Uh, so we're going to cover eight, I believe, eight noon games this week. So we're on the Fantasy Fellow Show or FantasyFellowship.com. Check out the week six start sit charts. Uh, we're going to talk here about the Houston Texans and the Tennessee Titans. Really fun matchup here. Uh, the Texans 1-0 without Bill O'Brien, so that's really cool to see. Uh, you're starting Deshaun Watson. He's a quarterback one. I think David Johnson's got RB2 value this weekend. The receivers are starting to perk up a bit, so I got Will Fuller as a wide receiver too. Brandon Cooks, now that we saw what he can do, what his ceiling is, I think you've got to try to find a way to get him in your lineup as your wide receiver three flex. Uh, I got Jordan Aikens here with a question mark. He might be a tight end one streamer if he comes into this one. And then Randall Cobb's got some flex value. So before I continue with that, though, I kind of want to just cover the fantasy points allowed to the positions here. So we got the Texans allowing 18 fantasy points per game to the quarterback, which is the 12th least. Uh, the Titans are kind of middle of the road. They allow 18.3. So about 18 points for each team there. Kind of average, nothing too crazy there. So both quarterbacks, I think Tannehill and Deshaun Watson can be quarterback ones this week. This game could be pretty high scoring too. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but they both allow quite a bit of points to the running back. So the Texans are allowing 30 fantasy PPR points to the running backs and the Titans about 27.1. So you got this big range, 27 to 30 points going to the running backs each week. The receiver groups, uh, the Texans are middle of the road, so we can continue to target the Texans' passing defense. That's about 37 PPR points. Uh, the Titans are not very good at all. They are the 25th worst uh, against the pass here, 42.7 PPR points to the receiver position. Uh, and then both kind of middle of the road against the tight ends, about 12 to 13 points here. So this is a pretty good matchup for fantasy. These are both teams that we can kind of target. None of them are very great at defending either position or any specific position. So uh, I think you're going to want to get a lot of people in this game. So on the bench, I'm leaving Duke Johnson, Darren Fells, Kenny Stills. Uh, the thing to monitor here is going to be the tight end situation, Jordan Aikens. I know Darren Fells caught the touchdown last weekend. I don't know if we can bank on that every week. We did see Jordan Aikens. Uh, he missed last weekend with the concussion, and he was limited uh, – yesterday i don't know why they don't have the thursday updates here let me see if i can refresh that uh so no updates yet on thursday i think he was limited again today <clears throat> so if he plays that's going to take some of the steam off of darren fells if we look at the opportunity report because jordan akins was out of the lineup you saw darren fells hit uh 50 snaps 86 percent of the snaps but if we go to let's check out the maybe the week uh week three because that would have been the last full game that jordan akins had played um, so back in week three, this is how the snap counts would have looked. It was Jordan Aikens, about 68%. Darren Fells, 50%. Uh, so if Aikens comes back, that's going to push Darren Fells down a little bit. They're both kind of low target plays, uh, but Aikens is a little bit more big play guy. So monitor the tight end situation. If you're thinking about starting Fells or Aikens, try to get the receivers in your lineup. Make sure David Johnson's in there as well. On the Titan side of things, you're Ryan Tannehill, man. He's playing lights out football. I think I've seen some stats. You know, like the last 14 games that he started, he's just as good as Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes. So he is 
he is a must-start play in quarterback one league. So make sure he's in your lineup. Again, we don't really care too much about the defenses in this one. So I think you can feel free to start as many Titans offensive pieces as you can. Derrick Henry's in our lineup. A.J. Brown came back on Tuesday Night Football and looked great. I know he was kind of limited in practice yesterday, but again, they just got done playing Tuesday night. So they're going to slowly ramp him back up. Uh, but he's back in our, our lineups every week as a wide receiver too. We got Johnu Smith, who's at the third most tight end points uh, in the league right now. So he's locked in as your tight end one. I'm really excited about Johnu Smith. Uh, and then we got to keep an eye on Corey Davis, Adam Humphreys, Khalif Raymond, Anthony Ferk. So I just have him down here because he had some targets last week. But Adam Humphreys was activated off the COVID list. Uh, so he might be back in this one. If you need receiver help, he might be able to be plugged in as your wide receiver three flex. Uh, we have to keep an eye on Ad, uh, Corey Davis to see what's going on with him. I don't know if they have any of their reports left in here. But, yeah, we got a bunch of Thursday reports here. So no A.J. Brown, two straight days with the knee injury. Uh, but that's I think he's going to be fine. If he gets a practice in tomorrow, we should be good to go. They're probably just being cautious with him because they played on Tuesday. Uh, but I don't see Corey Davis on this list. I don't know if he got activated from the COVID list yet, but we'll monitor him. And then I don't see any other receivers. I mean, McNichols is going to be limited. Uh, but overall, it's a pretty healthy offensive uh, roster here besides Corey Davis on the, on the COVID list. Uh, so make sure you get some guys in this one. I think this is going to be one of the more higher scoring games of the noon slate. Uh, so enjoy that one. Uh, going from one of the more higher scoring games to maybe one of the more not so high high scoring games, we got the Cincinnati Bengals at the Indianapolis Colts. Let's take a look at the fantasy points allowed here. And you're seeing a lot of red, which means these defenses don't allow a lot of fantasy points. Uh, we see the Bengals are actually ranked the sixth best, only allowing 16 fantasy points per game. The Colts down here at number one, not even 11 fantasy points per game to the quarterback. So I'm really skittish on both Joe Burrow and Phillip Rivers. They're no more than quarterback twos in super flex leagues. And I would try not to rely on them in, in a standard one quarterback league. Uh, to the running back position, that's where the Bengals can kind of be had. They're 18th, uh, about 24 and a half points per game in PPR leagues to the running back. So you can still go ahead and start. I mean, you're starting Jonathan Taylor pretty much every week, depending. It doesn't even matter on the matchup. So go ahead and start Jonathan Taylor. But on the Colts side here, <clears throat> they're only allowing 17 fantasy points to the running back position. So that's not a lot. That makes me a little bit nervous for Mixon. I have Mixon. I mean, if you have Mixon, you kind of got to start him as your RB2. He was involved a lot as a receiver last week. But uh, we got to kind of limit our expectations. I don't expect him to be running for a lot of yards. Uh, he's going to have to make our day in PPR leagues. Uh, both Bengals and Colts are very good against the wide receiver groups here. The Colts are at about 32 points per game. The Bengals about 34 and a half. So both receiving options are kind of frustrating in this one. And then the Bengals here, they are susceptible against the tight end, allowing just over 13 fantasy points. And then the Colts are number one uh, against the tight end at just six points per game. So the Colts have a really, really good defense. I don't really like starting people against this defense in fantasy, uh, but there are some or exceptions here. Like you're going to leave Joe Mixon in your lineup as your RP2. I think Tyler Boyd's a safe play in PPR leagues as a low-end wide receiver three. Um, especially PPR leagues. He's always good for four or five catches. So continue starting Tyler Boyd. We'll see if he gets back on track. Uh, and then T Higgins, he's the one guy that has been getting a ton of reps lately. I think he's been the number one receiver in terms of snap share the last couple of weeks. So let's take a look at this week five opportunity report. I just want to scan that real quick. Uh, make sure I'm not talking out of nonsense here. Uh, so T Higgins, he ran the most snaps last weekend against Baltimore, 81%. The next closest was Tyler Boyd. Uh, so eight targets. I think this was the most, uh, he tied Mixon for the most targets last weekend. So eight targets 
for the rookie T Higgins. He looks really good. He caught four for 62. He's starting to develop an eight to 10 point floor in the last couple of weeks. Um, so I actually feel okay about getting T Higgins in my lineup as a wide receiver three flex. We're not starting AJ Green, Drew Sample, no thanks. Giovanni Bernard, Mike Thomas, no thank you. So keep it simple with the Bengals. Uh, keep expectations low. I mean, they'd be lucky to get two touchdowns, I think, this weekend. The Colts defense is very good. Uh, on the Colts side of things here, Phillip Rivers, again, no more than a super, uh, quarterback uh, two in Superflex leagues. Continue to start Jonathan Taylor. T.Y. Hilton had a nice game last weekend. I think he had 69 yards. Maybe maybe it was a five or six catches. So he's he's okay as a wide receiver three flex. I'm not excited to get him in my lineup. Uh, like we said, the Bengals are actually pretty limiting to wide receivers. Uh, Trey Burton, I have Trey Burton here on the list because the Bengals, if there is one way to attack this team, it is with the tight end. They allow about 13 fantasy points to the tight end position. Looking at the practice reports real quick for the Colts, uh, I believe Moali Cox missed practice again today. He's probably going to be questionable at best for Sunday. Um, so this all of a sudden goes from a three tight end field to just uh, Trey Burton and Jack Doyle. So I'm expecting Trey Burton to continue to, I mean, he's seen five targets and six targets his last two games. He had five catches last weekend. He's kind of developing a high floor in PPR leagues. I think it was five for 36 last weekend. Uh, so I think Trey Burton could be snagged and added to play this weekend. And then I got Naheem Hines here just because he plays I mean, he plays quite a bit. <clears throat> if we go look at the Colts situation from last week, 38% snap share, uh, only three carries for eight yards, but he got four targets, two catches, 22 yards. Um, so, I mean, that's a really low game here. This is the minimum points that he'll probably get on a weekly basis. So that's 4.2 plus eight. So that's a five point game. Um, so he's no more than a running back two flex if you're in a pinch. Go ahead and start the Colts defense. Mo Ali Cox, Jack Doyle, Marcus Johnson, Zach Pascal. Not really interested. So this one's probably the one game that I'm not going to pay too much attention to. If it gets on the red zone, I'll, I'll take it easy and enjoy it. But uh, try to to just start your studs and then just don't don't play any games with that game. So I mentioned at the top of the show, Falcons and Vikings. We're not going to talk about this one until tomorrow. I want to see one more day of negative uh, test results. There's a couple question marks in this one. So uh, we'll talk about the Falcons and the Vikings tomorrow. Uh, let's look at the Broncos and the Patriots. Uh, I guess we'll talk about the fantasy points allowed here. So we got a handful of green matchups. Uh, you want to target the Broncos uh, against quarterbacks here. So they're allowing over 21 points per game to the quarterbacks. So Cam Newton, you're starting Cam Newton. He's back and healthy and ready to go. Uh, the Broncos are number one, the, the toughest defense against uh, running backs in fantasy, under 17 points per game. The Patriots are the fifth toughest at under or 21 points per game. So this isn't a really great spot to start the running backs. Uh, we'll talk about those guys in a bit here. But the one spot that I feel really comfortable in both is going to be against the receivers. The Broncos are 29th. Uh, and they allow about 44 fantasy points per game to the to the spot there. And the Patriots are allowing about 40 PPR points to the receiver. So I think we can target both Broncos and Patriots uh, in this spot here. It looks like we had a question real quick here. Thank you for the for the question, Carlos. Uh, let's see. Sorry if you covered this, but thoughts on Clyde Edwards-Alaire. You have him on your team. I don't know if I should be concerned or if you think he'll be okay. Uh, so the good news is, I mean, it's Thursday. I mean, the chances of Le'Veon Bell playing this weekend, I don't think are very great. If he does play, he's going to be uh, not, you know, very intrusive to Carl, uh, to Clyde Edwards' role. So for this weekend, it's fine. Uh, let's take a look, though. I want to um, peek at the opportunity report because I'm not really sure how the snaps are going to be divided between Clyde and Le'Veon Bell. 
But this is kind of how they've been using Clyde Edwards already. He's been getting about 60% of the snaps. And then this Daryl Williams here has been getting about 40%. So I think, uh, I mean, at least to start, they're going to slowly ramp up Bell and get him familiar with the playbook and just get him acclimated to the offense. So I don't know if this is going to change Clyde Edwards' value too much right now. And I mean, the way it is, he's only, like, Clyde's only scored one touchdown on the season. So he's been very good at getting the yards and uh, the rushing attempts. Uh, the way it was, he I mean, three catches, 40 yards. Uh, that's kind of been around where he's been all season. So Clyde Edwards, to be honest, hasn't really done too much to like make me nervous that Bell's going to eat into his workload just because they've been giving uh, Daryl Williams here a good amount of stuff. So he had five targets last weekend. I could see easily Le'Veon Bell probably picking up five or six targets uh, when he's kind of humming along here. And then it really depends on how many carries he's going to get. So I don't know if he is going to walk in, you know, week seven and just demand, you know, five to 10 carries. It might be a slow start here, but I would expect him to take a little bit of the, the targets away from Clyde Edwards. But for now, I mean, this offense is so good. The Kansas City Chiefs offense, we know that they create touchdowns. Um, if you are a Clyde Edwards Elair owner, you're still going to start him as an RB2, especially in PPR leagues going forward. And it might just, it's its probably going to just be patient. It's going to take a little bit for Le'Veon Bell to get acclimated to the offense, but he's probably going to have more targets than Clyde Edwards Elair the rest of the way, I would assume. And I mean, I still think uh, Clyde Edwards looks great as a runner. Uh, we'll see if Le'Veon Bell gets some of that goal line work, which we, we know Clyde wasn't really getting to begin with. So I'm kind of lukewarm on, on there being a much big of a, a difference for Clyde Edwards. I still think they're going to use him and he's got a good chance to score and get into some big plays. Um, so just be patient with Clyde Edwards and just know for at least the next two, three weeks, we'll see how Le'Veon Bell starts to work into this. Um, but let's see, where was I on the back to the start sit chart? So we're talking Broncos Patriots here. Thanks again for the, the question, Carlos. Uh, but Broncos Patriots, uh, start in terms of start sits, we're targeting the Broncos against the quarterback here. We're targeting both receiver positions and the Broncos allow a good amount of points to the tight end. It's unfortunate the Patriots don't really have a tight end for fantasy. Um, so they both lock down the running back positions here. And the Patriots are very good against the tight end. So I don't think, I mean, uh, let me te- check the practice reports here. I don't know if Noah Fant is going to be playing this week. It looked like Noah Fant, he's been limited back-to-back days with the ankle injury. If Noah Fant's going to play, I'm not in, super excited to get him in my lineup just because the Patriots are allowing only eight points per game to the tight end. They've already shut down guys like Darren Waller. Uh, I believe they also shut down Travis Kelsey to a smaller day. Uh, so I'm less inclined to get Noah Fant in the lineup. If I'm going to target anybody, it's Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick. Like we said, the Patriots do allow 40 fantasy points to the receivers. So these would be the two that are wide receiver three flexes. With the whole Melvin Gordon I, I don't even know what to think about Melvin Gordon because they're allowing him to practice. He hasn't missed practice at all. So you got Philip Lindsay coming back, Melvin Gordon with the DUI. The team hasn't disciplined him yet. So we'll see, like we'll see what's going on with Melvin in a couple of days. I don't know if the Broncos are going to be kind of forced to suspend him or if the if they're just going to wait for the NFL to do it. But uh, we'll t- well, I guess we should, we should monitor Melvin Gordon's status tomorrow. I, at, at the moment right now, I think Melvin Gordon's playing. Uh, so I'm probably going to have to add him back into the list. But like we said, the running backs in for the Broncos and the Patriots, they both defenses are very good against these positions. So I'm less excited about Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay. I think when um, if Melvin plays, I'm going to put Melvin Gordon back to an RB2. I'm going to put Philip Lindsay back here to a flex. So I think both guys are usable, but just lower expectations. And then Drew Locke is only really usable in super flex leagues. Um, so tough matchup against the Patriots. I wouldn't run him out there if you had to. 
uh, I, I would try to avoid it if you can. So on the Patriots side of things, we love Cam Newton as a quarterback one. Definitely, definitely get him in as a quarterback two in super flex leagues. Uh, I think James White's got RB2 PPR value for sure. Julian Edelman, let's take a look at the practice reports real quick for the Patriots. So Julian Edelman's been limited all week with a knee injury. The rest of the offense looks fine. Just a couple offensive linemen here, but uh, no other fantasy pieces. Uh, so Julian Edelman can be a wide receiver three flex. Uh, because the Broncos, man, they give up 44 fantasy points to the receivers. I'm interested, especially because Cam Newton's back. I'm interested in Nikhil Harry and Demir Bird as, you know, wide receiver three flexes if you need them. Uh, and then I have Damian Harris here. Like we said, the Broncos, they don't allow a lot of fantasy points to the running backs here. Uh, but I do think James White's going to catch passes. And I think, uh, I think the Patriots are going to be able to control this one and play their style of football. So, the thing about Damian Harris is he played really well when Cam Newton wasn't in the lineup. Um, so there was less running uh, from the quarterback. So they pretty much just, you know, they just handed it off and kept the game plan really simple. Um, so he's, if you're, if you're desperate in a pinch, you can put him in as your RB2 flex, but I'm not excited to get him in my lineup just because we said Broncos are surprisingly really good against the running backs here. So go ahead and start the Patriots defense. Rex Burkhead, Ryan Izzo, we're not that interested, uh, but it's exciting to have Cam Newton back. Drew Locke's going to be back. Noah Fant might be back. A lot of teams getting healthier off the bye week. Uh, so this will be a fun one, and it's probably going to be on the red zone a decent amount. So make sure you got Cam Newton in. Um, the Washington football team and the New York Giants, we're going to start with the fantasy points allowed here. Uh, the Washington football team's allowing about 21.5 points to the quarterback. So this is looking pretty good for a Daniel Jones spot start. Uh, the other green areas here, the Giants, you want to start running backs against the Giants. You want to start receivers against the Giants. And then you want to start tight ends against uh, Washington. So Evan Ingram continues starting Evan Ingram this week, uh, basically because the Giants are allowing so many fancy points to the receivers. That makes Terry McLaurin must start. Don't, th don't overthink it, even though it's Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen was able to keep DJ Moore uh, as a top 15 receiver last year. So continue to start Terry McLaurin. That's one of the Giants' weaknesses here. Uh, and then the Giants do allow a good amount of running back points here, about 26 per game. So continue starting uh, the rookie running back, Antonio Gibson. And it's kind of the same thing as I said about Terry McLaurin. You think about Kyle Allen. He's in the same system basically that they had in Carolina with Ron Rivera and the offensive coordinator. So he was able to help Christian McCaffrey be the RB1 last year with a lot of quick dump-offs. And uh, he helped DJ Moore get up to wide receiver 15. So I like both of those players there. Those are going to be the best guys to move the ball. Um, and then because the Washington football team ranked 27th against the quarterback, I think you could use Daniel Jones. I just have him listed here as a quarterback too in super flex leagues. But if you needed help because someone's out, if say you have Drew Brees or, you know, Derek Carr or something and one of your guys is on by, I could see Daniel Jones being a spot start here. Uh, some of the other pieces of the offense, I think Darius Slayton's basically entrenched as a must-start player. He looked so good against the Cowboys last weekend. Um, the Washington football team is pretty good against the wide receivers. They only allow about 30 fantasy points to the, to the receiver positions here. Um, but I just think Darius Slayton, he's got a floor of about eight points, but you don't want to miss out on a big boom. Uh, Slayton touchdown, so make sure you try to find him uh, into your lineup. And then I got Devonta Freeman here in Golden Tate. These guys are just low-end flexes. Freeman could be a PPR RB2. Golden Tate, really low-end wide receiver three uh, in PPR leagues. 
Um, Washington's not the best against running backs, but they're they're a, a slightly above average here, so only about 23 points per game. Uh, but Freeman looked good last week. He actually had some spunk to him, um, running with some some burst, and he actually looked pretty decent. So I'm okay with Devonta Freeman here. Uh, we really shouldn't be interested in any other the, any other of the Giants here. But keep an eye on Sterling Shepard. I know he's been. Let's take a look at the Giants practice reports. So he's not on the practice reports. He was supposed to be, or he was eligible to be activated off IR this weekend or this week, and they haven't done it yet. So uh, if you have an IR spot in your league and it's not used, you could add Sterling Shepard's, you know, flop him down to the IR, and then you can add somebody else. But I think Shepard's coming back next weekend, which makes me kind of like Daniel Jones for the future. I mean, he's got a lot of NFC East matchups left. Um, so Daniel Jones and this offense is getting healthier. Could be a really nice spot for the Giants passing offense in this one. Uh, and the only other guys that I haven't talked about yet, Kyle Allen, just a low-end quarterback too. In Superflex, it's more of a desperate situation. Uh, but J.D. McKissick, if we look at what McKissick did last weekend, and I mean, they got the, the football team here, they got pretty pretty well worked by the Rams. But you did see J.D. McKissick here with eight targets, six catches, 46 yards. That's totally – That's I mean, for a PPR RB2, that's totally acceptable. Uh, he's not going to rack up carries. That's going to be all for Gibson. But you definitely like the targets here. And then you see Kyle Allen and Alex Smith. I mean, that's, what, 13 targets to the running backs? That's pretty much what Christian McCaffrey was getting last year. Um, so I think both Gibson and McKissick are low-end RB2s in PPR league. So uh, I don't know. Fun game. Winner of this game basically says, hey, I'm alive in the NFC East. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that one and see who can step forward. Uh, the Ravens and the Eagles. This is a really good matchup here. Let's see here. We got we don't have a lot of green matchups down here. It looks like the Ravens are really good against the quarterbacks, under 18 points per game. Both defenses are very good against the running backs, uh, basically 22 points per game to each position there. Uh, the Ravens have been shutting down receivers. Uh, the Eagles don't really have many receivers that we need to worry about, uh, but about 33 points per game there. But the Eagles, we do want to target the Eagles in passing. Uh, so for I mean, to be honest, it's really only Marquise Brown. So just make sure you have Marquise Brown uh, in your starting lineup. He's probably a really good DFS option this weekend too. Uh, and then against the tight end, the Ravens are middle of the road, about 12 and a half. But the Eagles, we want to target tight ends against the Eagles. So this, I mean, this is really easy for the for the Ravens uh, outlook here. You're starting Marquise Brown. You're starting Mark Andrews. You're starting Lamar Jackson, of course. Uh, hopefully he can start to put some big games together. But because the Eagles are so good against the running back, only 22 points per game, I just I don't know how I'm getting frustrated with the Baltimore Ravens usage and their running backs. Let's take a look at what they did last week. I mean, Gus, they got Gus Edwards out here running the most snaps on this team, and it's just kind of frustrating. Um, so Gus Edwards took 25 snaps, Ingram 19, Dobbins 18 last weekend. Um Gus Edwards, seven carries. Mark Ingram, 11 carries. J.K. Dobbins, only one carry. And then three targets for Gus, three for J.K. Dobbins, zero for Mark Ingram. So to me, the whole thing, like it's you're, you're banking on maybe Mark Ingram getting a touchdown. I don't think Gus Edwards or J.K. Dobbins are very safe touchdown bets, but they're both getting targets. So the whole thing is kind of just this moving target that I don't really feel comfortable recommending. Uh, well, I guess only in emergency situations, if you wanted to start Mark Ingram, I would probably say, hey, he might be the guy that if one of them's going to get a touchdown, it would be Mark Ingram. But uh, I feel super confident in saying Lamar Jackson, Marquise, and Mark Andrews. These are the guys that you want in your lineups for sure. Um, you can go ahead and start the the Ravens defense as well. There's been, you know, Carson Wentz has been kind of turnover uh, friendly the, the first few games this year. So go ahead and continue to start the Ravens really good defense. 
On the Eagles side of things, because, I mean, this Ravens defense, man, they are very good. They allow a decent amount of points to the tight end, so you're going to continue to start Zach Ertz. I know it's been frustrating, uh, but maybe things start opening up for him and they make him more of a focal point of the offense. Uh, Carson Wentz, just a low-end quarterback, too, in super flex leagues. I'd try to pivot away from him if you're in a QB1 league. Uh, Miles Sanders, he's going to be in your lineup no matter what. I just have him as an RB2. Because the Ravens are pretty good against the running back, so we'll see if Sanders can, you know, bust a big play or two, you know, to push him up higher in the rankings for scoring points. And then at receiver position, it's, I mean, Travis Fulgham, man, he destroyed, he destroyed, uh, I'm trying to think who they played, the Steelers last weekend. So let's just take a look at what he did. He ended up with 13 targets, 10 catches, 152 yards, and one touchdown. So if you were able to add Fulgham off of the waiver wire this weekend, um, I mean, you probably almost have to start him. I don't know if Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, we know Dallas Goddard's not out, so they're still missing a lot of their pieces. So it's probably going to be, I mean, Greg Ward, Fulgham, Ertz, like these are the leading target guys on the team. But the Ravens, man, they are pretty good against the receiver. But, I mean, if, if a receiver gets 13 targets, they have my attention. So we'll see if Fulgham can stack it, uh, stack, I guess, three really good days in a, uh, games in a row. Uh, so, but for now, he's just a low-end wide receiver, three flex. He's going to be a boom-bust variant uh, for sure. But really fun game here, Ravens. Uh, they need to to keep keep up with the Steelers, and the Eagles need to kind of keep getting wins and, and getting. I don't know. The NFC East is so uncompetitive, so any win that they get is a huge win. Um, so, Ravens, Eagles, enjoy that game. Uh, Browns, Steelers. I think this is probably my favorite uh, noon game of the week we got a really good defensive battle here if we roll down here we see a handful of reds but the greens here these are the, the green ones we want to target so the browns are really they're giving up about 20 fantasy points to the quarterback so go ahead and start big ben roethlisberger uh the receivers both teams allow a lot of receiver points here so uh the browns 46 and a half the steelers 44 so we're going to get our guys in here steelers are very good in almost all the other categories they're eighth Eighth, you know, 16 and a half here against the quarterback, 18 points to the running backs, only eight and a half to the tight end. So, like, I'm really nervous about uh, some of the, the, the Browns pieces, basically, besides Odell Beckham. I think Odell Beckham has a chance here because the Steelers do get beat by receivers. They just let they just let Travis Fulgham uh, destroy them for, for 10 catches, 150 yards and a touchdown. So maybe Odell Beckham uh, could have a really nice spot here. He did. Uh, we'll talk about Odell Beckham in a little bit. He had some news. Uh, this morning but uh, I guess as far as the Brown defenses go I should have highlighted this one green uh, you can target the Browns in the secondary as well so the Browns uh, that's three out of four green pieces here so that means we're going to want to get our Steelers in the lineup so we'll start with the Steelers side of things uh, Ben Roethlisberger quarterback one get him in your super flex lineups for sure James Conner he's in he's healthy he's in our lineups uh, he's at least an RB2 this week uh, Juju Smith-Schuster he's a wide receiver three flex you added Chase Claypool this weekend. I don't know how you don't get him in. You know, we just paid a, a pretty penny to get him uh, in the free agent auction this weekend or this week. So uh, he's a wide receiver three flex, I think, going forward. So you just got to take the highs with the lows. He might be a little variant, uh, you know, as he gets going. But I love what he can do. He looked great last weekend. I think Eric Ebron can be a tight end one streamer. And then I got Deontay Johnson with a question mark here. Let's just take a peek at the um, the Steelers, their options here on the, the practice report. So it uh, looks like Deontay Johnson, he didn't practice yesterday, but he logged a limited today. So that's a good sign that he's going to play. Juju Smith-Schuster, he hasn't been practicing on Wednesdays, which I, I think has been like a planned day off for him. Uh, so he goes to a full practice today. 
So that's really good to see. And it looks like Eric Ebron was back from his did not practice either. So really the only guy we have to keep an eye on is going to be uh, Deontay Johnson. He logged a limited practice today. If Deontay is in, uh, he's just a low-end wide receiver three flex. If Deontay's out, then I really like Claypool. Uh, I think a lot of those targets are going to roll his way. So go ahead and start the the Steelers defense for sure. They're probably one of the you know the lone two or three defenses that are must starts uh, for the most part. And then James Washington, Benny Snell, Anthony McFarland. Just keep these guys in the back of your mind and see if they make any plays this weekend. But on the Cleveland side of things, uh, this is a this is a tough matchup for the for the Browns offense here. Steelers are very good against quarterbacks, running backs, and the tight end. So I'm skittish about getting Baker Mayfield in my lineup. He's just a quarterback two and super flex at best. Uh, Kareem Hunt, as good as the matchup is, uh, I think you gotta you gotta leave him in as your running back two in PPR. Uh, I think he's gonna be okay there. Odell Beckham, this is kind of the news that I was talking about. He, I think, I believe he was sent home today with an illness. I don't know if he's tested positive or not, but they did send him home for an illness. So we're gonna have to monitor him the next couple of days. If he plays, I really like his spot there. Uh, looks like we got a question here. Thanks for the question, Stephen Drakes. Uh, do I start Gurley or Gaskins? Full PPR. Um, so let's take a look at the – I'm trying to remember who – Atlanta versus Minnesota. So that's a really good matchup for the Minnesota defense there. Let me just pull it up here. So the Vikings are allowing about 25.3 fantasy points to the running backs. Uh, we'll take a look at the Dolphins in a bit. But, I mean, Gurley's been super consistent lately. He's been getting touchdowns. I know Miles Gaskin got his first touchdown of the year last week, uh, but those might not be as consistent as what Gurley's getting. So uh, we did see, I mean, Chris Carson busted off a really nice touchdown run against the Vikings last weekend. Uh, Gurley gets some targets. So I think I feel safest about Gurley. Let me just see where we can find our Dolphins uh, stats here. Uh, I do like Gaskin, and it's it's very nice that Le'Veon Bell didn't go to Miami for Gaskin. Um, so I have Gaskin here as an RB2 as well. But wow, the Jets. The Jets are allowing 30.9 fantasy points to the running back. So that's a green matchup here. That's 28th. Um, so I think basically Gaskins is the safer play just because he's got a, probably a high floor of 10 to 12 points. But I think Gurley's got the higher ceiling. I, I, I feel pretty confident in saying that. Uh, we've seen Gurley score you know, games with two touchdowns this year so far. Um, so I think I'm going to lean towards Gurley in this situation. So thank you for your question, Stephen. Uh, back to the the Browns and the Steelers. We were kind of just wrapping up the the Browns offensive here. Baker Mayfield, quarterback two, super flex. Kareem Hunt, got to leave him in there, even though it's a tough matchup as your RB two. Uh, Odell Beckham, we're monitoring his illness. If he plays, I think he's in a really good spot to to destroy the Steelers secondary. Like I said, we just saw Travis Fulgham, you know, light this defense up for ten catches, one hundred fifty yards, and a touchdown. So I think Odell Beckham can have himself a day. Uh, Austin Hooper. Steelers are very good against the tight end. We're seeing only eight and a half points allowed uh, to the position there. So I'm a little bit nervous about Hooper. I think he can be a low end tight end streaming play. Uh, the good news is Hooper's had two really good games the last two weeks. So I kind of see it if you want to get him in your lineup this week. And then again, Jarvis Landry, only because the Steelers, man, they're allowing a lot of receiver points. So I'm open to, to Jarvis Landry here. Uh, but for the most part, I think we're going to see, uh, this is going to be a smash mouth game. We're going to see a lot of hitting, a lot of defense. And uh, just a lot of fun. It's an AFC North showdown, and both teams are playing really well. So it looks like we got another question here from Connor. Uh, just traded away Mixon and LaVisca for Mark Cooper and Devin Singletary. So what do you all think of this? 
Uh, so one thing, it's hard for me to evaluate trades without knowing, I guess, the rest of your roster. So I'm assuming because you were able to downgrade from Mixon to Singletary, I'm assuming you have some other pretty good running backs to pair with Singletary. Uh, but man, going from LaVisca to Amari Cooper, now that that's a really big win. Uh, that's, a, that's where you're getting a lot of points. So you're getting uh, one of the best passing offenses. I know it's, to, uh, it's now it's Andy Dalton, so that kind of changes things. Uh, but Amari Cooper is still going to get fed. They got a lot of NFC East matchups left on their plate. So Cooper is going to continue eating. Uh, so basically you went from LaVisca, who was like a wide receiver three flex. You, you basically are, are plugging in uh, Amari Cooper, who's a top 12, top 15 receiver every week. And then with Mixon, Mixon the problem with Mixon is he was always you know so inconsistent. He had that one really big blow up week. Uh, he started to see some targets last weekend. So that was kind of nice. But we also just don't really care about the Bengals' offense right now. They're, they they can't protect Joe Burrow. They can't really do much uh, to, to stay efficient. So I think I like the move to go to Singletary, who seems to have a pretty safe and steady floor in PPR leagues. Uh, the I mean, I think everyone would say, yes, the Bills' offense is a much more attractive piece uh, than the Bengals. So, yeah, it looks like you got – uh, Ezekiel Elliott, that Derrick Henry and Gaskin. Oh yeah, you're so yeah. You did uh, this. I this was a very good trade. Well done, Connor. Uh, I mean, you're going to be stuck. You're going to be plugging in Zeke, Henry, and Gaskin. I think for the most part, and Singletary can chip in when you need him to. Uh, but to get Amari Cooper, that was a, a pretty good move. So I like that trade. Looks like we got another one here too from Blue Crew Chep. Uh, PPR wanting to trade Claypool for a bye week running back. What RBs do you think I can trade him for if equal value? Uh, for a bye week running back. So you're talking like one of the, the running backs that are on by now have already had their buy. Um, essentially, I think I think a lot of people's value of Chase Claypool is that he's going to be a wide receiver three uh, the rest of the way. So if you can get a, a dependable running back two for him, I think that's going to be uh, for the most part. I don't think, I mean, no one's going to trade away, you know, one, one of their top 12 running backs uh, you're not going to get a Josh Jacobs. You're not going to get an Aaron Jones or anything for Claypool uh, unless he goes off and catches another four touchdowns or something crazy. Um, so I think you're going to be looking for some of these guys like maybe like maybe talk to the Joe Mixon owner, maybe talk to I don't know if you care about Miles Gaskin or Kareem Hunt. Um, some of these, you know, these RB2s who got a really high floor in PPR leagues. I think that could be uh, a potential play there. But yeah, you basically. When I, when I have a player that, uh, I mean, Chase Claypool is one of the hottest players uh, that we've had on the waiver wire all season. Sometimes I, I, I like to add the guy and then I like to wait for a week because he's got a really good matchup here going up against Cleveland Browns. Um, and Deontay Johnson is questionable in this one. So if Deontay's out, Chase Claypool's running out there a lot of snaps. Uh, like we said here, look at the Browns. The Browns are allowing the second most. Essentially, they, are, they, they rank 31st, second to last. Almost 47 PPR points to the wide receiver. So this is a really good spot for Chase Claypool, for Juju, for Ben. So uh, maybe in a situation like this, you wait and see. And if Claypool smashes again, you might even just have up the value even more for your trade. Um, so I think in this situation, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold Claypool. I like the I like the matchup. Uh, the Cleveland Browns can't really defend anybody. Like we said, 47 points per game here. So I think I would hold, and then maybe. I mean, if he catches another touchdown or two, you might even be able to start, you know, getting some of those upper echelon running backs. Uh, or if a team really needs a wide receiver, uh, all of a sudden, you're, you know, you're getting a top 15 back. So I think I would hold and see if the value appreciates a little bit. Um, but back to the start sits, we're going to talk about the Bears uh, and the Panthers. Uh, thank you guys thing, uh, for hanging out and all the questions. This is good. 
Um, I'm going to be doing another show tomorrow night talking about some of the other ones. So if you want to hang out and ask some more questions, we got that uh, probably tomorrow night about six o'clock as well. But uh, looking at the Bears and the three and two Carolina Panthers, a bit of surprise. The Bears are four and one Panthers three and two. I don't think anybody would have projected that at the start of the season. Uh, and then you look at these matchups here. We got a lot of reds here. There's only really two green spots here that we want to target. So the Panthers allowing the most you know, PPR points to the running backs at about 36 points per game. And then the Bears are allowing quite a bit of tight end points here. It's just unfortunate that the Panthers don't really use Ian Thomas as much, you know, for us to be excited about. But uh, I guess the thing that I'm going to take away from this is if Ian Thomas has a big game, then it's true that the Bears are allowing uh, a lot of tight ends, you know, to have success. So I think the Bears might be a tight end spot that we target going forward. Um, so I don't know. Just look at all these matchups here. Like These are two and three. Uh, some of the best teams against the quarterbacks here. So I think both Nick Foles and Teddy Bridgewater, I have them just ranked as quarterback twos in super flex leagues. I don't expect this game to be a very high scoring affair. I think there's going to be uh, just a lot of running, a lot of punting, and a lot of hard hitting. Uh, and then on the running back side of things, we said the Panthers allow the most you know, points to running backs here. So you're making sure you get uh, David Montgomery in your lineup for sure. Uh, but the thing with the Bears here, they're actually a top 10 defense against the running back. So about 23 PPR points per game. But if you're one of the lucky mofos that have Mike Davis right now, you are not benching Mike Davis. He's going to try to get you know seven, eight catches again in this one. Uh, so he's got that super safe PPR floor built in. I don't think Christian McCaffrey's maybe back next weekend. So this might be your last opportunity to get an RB1 type uh, workload for Mike Davis. So continue starting Mike Davis, even though on paper it says it's a tough matchup. Both defenses are really good against the uh, the, the run, uh, wide receivers here. So that's kind of no surprise. They're both really good against the quarterbacks, both really good against the wide receivers. But uh, I mean, Allen Robinson, he's not being benched in any of our leagues. You're going to continue to start him. He's, you know, he's looking at, I think he had 16 targets last weekend. So continue, like, just make sure Allen Robinson's in your lineup. Don't overthink it. Uh, and then Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore, those guys have been good to us all season, especially Robbie Anderson. He's been delivering some insane value on his draft capital. So Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, those guys are both in my lineups. Uh, and then we got some question marks here with Jimmy Graham, Curtis Samuel. These guys are kind of, you know, decisions on Sunday. But the Panthers are very good against the tight end, only allowing about nine fantasy points per game. So that's kind of why I'm on the fence about Jimmy Graham. If you're in a pinch, I'm sure like he's got a, maybe a 50-50 shot at a touchdown this weekend. It seems like Nick Foles likes to find him near the red zone. Uh, and then Curtis Samuel, they keep saying they want to get him more involved. Uh, so I'm pretty interested in – he's like a wide receiver three flex. He's got a floor of about eight to ten points. Uh, but we've seen Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore each score touchdowns lately. So I'm, I'm thinking it's coming that Curtis Samuel is going to have a game uh, where he pops off for a big play and gets the touchdown there. So maybe it's this weekend, but maybe he's more of a, an emergency wide receiver three flex. But uh, I'm definitely keeping an eye on him. Uh, guys on our bench, Darnell Mooney, he continues to run over Anthony Miller. Cordero Patterson, I'm watching for him to be more involved in the passing game. He, they showed signs of that against Tampa Bay last week. Uh, and then Ian Thomas, we talked about the tight ends. If Ian Thomas has a game, uh, against the Bears here, I think I'm going to start saying target tight ends against the Bears going forward. Uh, and then Trenton Cannon, he's just the backup here to Mike Davis. But really interesting game. Four and one Bears, three and two Panthers. Whoever wins will have my attention. Uh, and I mean, there's one of these teams is making the playoffs. So we'll see uh, who best two that game's in Carolina. So super excited about that one. Uh, moving on to the uh, Detroit Lions and the Jacksonville Jaguars. This one's really juicy. So 
we've kind of been talking about fantasy points allowed. I like to start with this just because it kind of sets the table as to like my, my thinking with these start sit charts is who, like what positions am I targeting? As you can see, we got six out of eight green matchups here. And then the one even here, like the Jaguars are the ranked 20, which, which basically you still want to target. So uh, both very generous to the quarterbacks here. Lions about 20 points per game. Jaguars about 21. Uh, both a lot of running back points here. The Lions allowing 32. The Jaguars about 28. Uh, the Lions are allowing almost 41 points to the receivers. Jaguars about 38. Uh, for some reason, the Lions are very good against tight ends. I don't know if they've played a lot of good tight ends this year. I'd have to double check that. Uh, but only about eight points per game in the tight ends. And the Jaguars here allowing 16 points. That's almost double. Um, so with all this information now, we can pretty much say get everybody in your lineup again in this game. This, this game might be one of the higher scoring uh, noon games of the week. So Matt Stafford, Gardner Minshew, I got both these guys uh, ranked as a quarterback one. Definite, I mean, they're smashed quarterback twos and super flex. You're going to start James Robinson. I have him listed as an RB1. You see the Lions here allowing 32 fantasy points per game to the running back. So when you think about how the, the running back snaps go, it's either James Robinson or Chris Thompson. Um, so, I mean, if they're going to get 32 points combined, that means maybe 20 for Robinson and 12 for, for Thompson. Uh, so super exciting to get James Robinson in your lineups this week. DJ Chark, uh, let's take a look at the practice reports. I think he did not practice again this weekend or today. Uh, DJ Chark, where are you? So did not practice. That's two straight days with the ankle, ankle injury. I think he's trending towards not playing. Uh, let's look at anybody else here. It looks like LaVisca Chenault logged a limited practice with a hamstring. Uh, the rest of the offensive pieces are fine. But I guess we talked about Tyler Eifert. He's not practicing with a neck injury as well. So assuming DJ Chark is out, uh, that makes me super interested in LaVisca Chenault. Keelan Cole, both guys are going to be wide receiver three flex opportunities. Uh, we mentioned Tyler Eifert's probably out with the neck injury. Uh, but the, for some reason, the Lions are sneaky good against tight ends, only about about eight points per game. Uh, but the way that the, the Jaguars have been using their tight ends, they've been starting O'Shaughnessy and Eifert together. Eifert's seen more targets on the season, but O'Shaughnessy has been more consistent. So if he's going to get all the tight end work, uh, I think I did the math. And uh, Gardner Minshew is essentially targeting his tight ends seven and a half times per game. Uh, so if Eifert's out, you got to think O'Shaughnessy is going to get six or seven targets. That could be good for eight to 10 fantasy points. So I'm kind of, I'm probably going to be starting James O'Shaughnessy in one of my leagues, uh, maybe even more in a couple of my leagues. So looks like we got another question real quick here. KJW Watkinson. Uh, thank you for the question. We're talking Robert Woods or Will Fuller, full PPR. Whew, that's a tough, Matt. That's a tough question. You got some good players if that's, uh, if that's who you're debating between. So let's take a look at the, I'm going to roll down here to the Rams and 49ers matchup for us. Um, so the 49ers, they're they're pretty stingy against wide receivers. They're only allowing about 33 fantasy points per game. I have them highlighted as a red matchup. Um, so I'm, I'm, Robert Woods has been so good to us this year, but he's had a couple games where it's like, come on, man, we need more points than that. And I think the same can be said for Wolf Fuller. But we're going to go back up to the top here and look at our Texans here, the Titans. This is a really good matchup against the Titans here, I guess, for Will Fuller. So they're allowing 42 points per game, but 42 and a half. Um, and I, I think with this information, I'm going to roll with the uh, Will Fuller and the Texans on this one. Just because this game has the point, the point potential of the Texans and the Titans. This one could get out of hand, a lot of points scored, uh, as the Texans offense has been so efficient and putting up a lot of points. Texans aren't going to go down without a fight. 
Uh, and I th my rule has been with Wolf Fuller, every week that Wolf Fuller is healthy, you almost you almost just have to start him. Dependent doesn't even matter on the matchup. Uh, we signed up for Wolf Fuller. We know it's kind of a roller coaster, and we don't know how many more games we're going to get of him healthy. So I like uh, Wolf Fuller uh, in this matchup. Uh, but I get it. If you want to start Robert Woods, he's he's a little bit you know more consistent and safe. Uh, but like I said, the 49ers allowing 33 fantasy points to the wide receiver position. And this game kind of feels like a defensive struggle. Not a lot of points on this one. I'm kind of not excited to watch this game because it's going to be low scoring. Uh, but I think that's how I would lean uh, with that question. So thanks for the question again. A lot of good questions today. Thank you guys so much for hanging out. Uh, we're going to be doing this again tomorrow at 6 p.m. I'll have a lot more news and uh, items to talk about here. But we were just finishing up with the Lions and the Jaguars. Uh, I think we kind of got through all the Jaguars side. Uh, like I said, I'm I'm probably going to be spot starting James O'Shaughnessy in a couple leagues here. Um, so yeah, hard to start Will Fuller when you got D Hop, Ridley, and Woods. Jesus, yeah, man, you're doing pretty good at receiver. Um, so yeah, that's uh, you're not benching Hopkins, Ridley, and Woods. Uh, the one thing that's interesting though is, I mean, we got to watch for this Atlanta Minnesota game. I'm really crossing my fingers that. Um, Tomorrow we wake up and we see that Atlanta, they're fine. They didn't get any positives. Everything's been negative this week. Uh, so I'm, that's just something I'm monitoring. They might have to move that game to Tuesday night. So just keep an eye on the Atlanta Falcons, uh, the COVID reports there. But, yeah, man, uh, you got you got some studs at receiver. So well done there. Um, on the Lions side of things here, so kind of like we talked about here, like look at this, look at all these green matchups we got here in the Jaguars-Lions game. The Jaguars are in the bottom 12 of every category. So you, we're going to love our Lions this weekend, I think. Uh, so Matt Stafford, quarterback one, fire him up. Kenny Galladay, it's so glad to have him back. He's, he got healthy before the bye. He gets a full week now. So I think we're in full go Kenny Galladay mode. So I love this. TJ Hawkinson, you got to get TJ back in your lineups. Like we said here, the Jaguars are allowing 16 points per game to the tight end spot. And because the Jaguars are allowing 28 fantasy points to the running backs here, I don't know what to do with DeAndre Swift, Adrian Peterson. Uh, I think both guys are low-end RB2 flex values, especially Swift and PPR. Uh, but Adrian Peterson's always going to have a shot at a goal line touchdown, and uh, they just like to keep giving him the ball. So I think both guys are in play if you need the help at running back there. Really good matchup. Marvin Jones Jr., Marvin Jones has been kind of frustrating this year, especially because, you know, Kenny Galladay was out. So maybe we thought maybe we're going to get some good opportunities here to get Marvin Jones some big plays, uh, but nothing's really manifested yet. So I get it. If you wanted to be patient with Marvin Jones and leave him on the bench and see what he does against the Jaguars before we trust him again. But uh, it's, it's not going to surprise me if Marvin Jones has a pretty nice game this week. So let's just keep an eye on that. But for now, he's a wide receiver three flex. We're not starting either defenses here. Danny Amendola, Carrion Johnson, we'll, we'll monitor those guys when we get there. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it. Um, I think tomorrow I'll be going live about 6 o'clock. we got the Jets, the Dolphins to talk about. We're going to be talking Packers, Bucks, uh, Rams, 49ers, Chiefs, Bills. And then I think I'm going to also cover that Atlanta Falcon-Minnesota Viking game that I talked about. I'm just waiting for more news tomorrow. Uh, I'm hoping this game doesn't have to be played Monday or Tuesday, but – to be honest, Tuesday Tuesday night football was kind of cool. Um, so if it happens, it happens. But I will uh, I'll worry about that later. So we got one more trade question here from our guy KJW. Uh, who can I trade David Johnson and Joe Mixon for? Because I have Montgomery, Robinson, and Chubb. You snipe Chubb off free agency? Oh man! And this is the team with all the receivers you got. Jesus. All right. Well, you're in good shape. 
Um, so you want to move David Johnson and Joe Mixon. So you got both those guys. So I mean, if you find a team that really needs running backs and they have a good amount of receivers, I mean, David Johnson and Joe Mixon, these guys are basically, they're no worse than running back twos. Um, so you might be able to flip that for a really good stud receiver. I mean, you're not going to, I mean, you already have Calvin Ridley, Robert Woods, DeAndre Hopkins. I don't think you'd be able to get a guy like Devontae Adams. Uh, I don't think you'd be able to, let's just take a look at some of the names here that stick out. Uh, you can maybe talk to the Adam Thielen guy, even though Adam Thielen's feeling pretty hot. Um, maybe, maybe you talk to some of these owners, uh, that, you know, like Austin Eckler owner, a Dalvin cook owner, uh, some of these guys who have running backs that are dinged up right now. And then you look at their receivers. And then I think that whoever's on the, basically you just got to target who needs running backs right now. Talk to the Melvin Gordon guy, Dalvin cook, Austin Eckler, you know, some of these guys that are, are maybe desperate for running backs. Um, um, maybe Terry, I don't know if you're into Terry McLaurin, but I'm actually open to him being really good with Kyle Allen. You might be able, you might even be able to swap uh, Johnson for Terry McLaurin or even like just one for one kind of deal. Uh, Marquise Brown, he's definitely a guy that's been heating up. I'm, I'm interested in, in acquiring him. Um, I don't know how you feel about Odell Beckham. He's kind of boom bust, but he's a big enough name. Uh, you can just take, uh, so just David Johnson. Okay. Um, so yeah, if you're looking to move David Johnson, essentially, I always look at it as RB2 uh, because te technically running backs are more valuable than receivers, correct? Um, so you're looking at a top, David Johnson's what, a top 15, top 20 running back. Uh, you might be able to get, you know, a top 24 to, you know, 15 wide receiver. So you're kind of looking somewhere in that range. Uh, that's why I like a guy like Marquise Brown, Terry McLaurin, uh, adding some of these, you know, these speed receivers. Talk to the guy. If, if, if the guy with Robbie Anderson wants to sell, DJ Moore, we like this, how this Carolina Panthers offense is looking. Uh, you can talk about Allen Robinson. Uh, but essentially, you're kind of looking for like a, a second tier wide receiver. Maybe the guy with Kenny Galladay is, is looking for running backs. Um, DJ Chark's injured, so we're not exactly interested in getting Chark right now. Uh, we don't really want anything to do with the Jets. Uh, maybe if, if you're interested in Devontae Parker, I think that would be a really good move. Parker's been balling out, and he's been really consistent this year. Um, so I guess that's kind of the, the group of receivers I'm looking at. Maybe talk to the – I don't know if you like Chris Godwin, but I think people with Chris Godwin are kind of nervous right now. Uh, he's coming back this week. But if the guy with Godwin really needs a running back, maybe that's a good spot to target – um, so it's essentially, you know, not exactly top five, top 10 receivers, but you're looking at some of those guys that are just outside. Um, maybe uh, you already have Robert Woods. So you don't really want to get cup on your team, but uh, I don't know, just ideas like that. I think uh, that would be really helpful. Stefan Diggs. I, I love Stefan Diggs. If you could somehow work a deal to get Stefan Diggs, uh, I would be totally cool with that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Thank you guys so much for your questions. We've been going on here for about 50 minutes. Uh, so I think I'm going to finish up with that. If you're new to the Fantasy Fellowship, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Check us out on thefantasyfellowship.com. Uh, I do my start sit charts every week. I go live Thursday and Friday to cover all my charts. We got the waiver wire show on Monday or Tuesdays usually. And then I got a couple other things for you guys to check out here. So uh, again, thank you so much for your time. And uh, we'll see you in another video. Peace.